Welcome to the Ownership Mindset Podcast, where we talk about the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship. There are so many ways we are being told to think what's right, what's wrong, what to buy, who to follow. And more than ever, we're seeing how a set formula doesn't always work. I'm passionate about women in all industries seeing themselves as powerful, confident entrepreneurs with no ceiling, and I want it to become contagious. Each episode, you'll be hearing from a business owner or industry thought leader who will be sharing how they think as they lead. We can read all the books, take a course, go to school, but there's something about hearing other people's stories that give us strength and courage. Ownership can be a lonely place. So join me as we listen to other women's stories and find community. So thanks everybody for tuning in to this episode. I'm really, really excited to introduce you to Dr. Margaret Macklin. She is doing a great entrepreneurial effort here in the Nashville area. And I would love for you to hear more about her story. We're going to talk about what she's pioneered as far as cosmetic, what do we say cosmetic dermatology? We say aesthetic wellness. Okay. So what she's pioneered as far as aesthetic wellness, she was one of the first in the state of Tennessee to offer concierge services. So Margaret, would you tell everyone who you are and what you're doing and how you got started on this journey? Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me for starters. But I am Margaret Macklin. I am a dentist by training. I went to a pediatric residency program after dental school and sort of started to fall in love in this pediatric setting with aesthetics. That was about a decade ago in, in the way that we use some of these products and procedures to enhance function and aesthetic outcomes for some of these kiddos, which then transition into teenagers and adults. And it just became one of those things that I realized in doing it, that these products are definitely therapeutic, but they're also used for aesthetics and for making people feel great and for lots of other things beyond what I had originally learned them to be used for. So I happened to meet my co-founder, Leah, in 2019. And we quickly realized that we both had a very very strong common love for aesthetics and bringing a new style to the way that aesthetics was offered here or a new method of delivering aesthetics here in the Nashville area. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make it affordable and accessible and more comfortable for people. So in doing that, we founded Reset Wellness and kind of our goal from there has been to make it more commonplace, less taboo, That's part of why we went with Reset Wellness instead of Reset Aesthetics, just Mm -hmm. to deliver an overall wellness practice to people here in and around the Nashville area. So to your knowledge, I mean, there wasn't anyone really doing this in the area at the time. And you mentioned like making people feel more comfortable. Have you noticed that people feel way more comfortable in their own environment or at a place they're used to going to versus like coming into an office? Is that why you chose that? Yes, absolutely. Well, for starters, we didn't we didn't know of anyone else that was doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought that it was a way to build on the way that medicine is changing. You know, concierge is offered for so many other services in medicine that hadn't really seen it in aesthetics at, at when we started this. And I think that it's kind of attributed to all of the growth that there's been and the developments in technology. You know, we have disposable supplies and equipment and we have 
single use vials for things. And there's just a way to keep all of this much more sterile than there used to be. And so in-home is now a much more reasonable option. And then when we started doing it, I think it was surprising to both of us how, how dramatically positive the patients responded to the treatment. Mm-hmm. They were in their own home, in their own space, in a familiar place. I mean, even when I say comfortable, I also mean like physically comfortable because they're sitting in a chair that's more comfortable than the awkward aesthetics chair in the doctor's office. And so mm-hmm. they just really, really responded positively. And I guess just quickly we grew from there because we people really wanted it that way after they tried it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I love it because whenever, I mean, I've gone in for services before and there's, I've had a lot of medical issues in my life. And so every time I go in, even though there might be like beautiful art on the wall or whatever, it still has that, like, it gives me so much anxiety. And so I love (laughs) the idea. Like I don't want to hear the paper crinkle and I don't want to be in the like weird, you know? And so I love it. We joke that, you know, I'm a doctor. I've been a doctor for a while. And every time you sit me in that cold, plastic chair in the corner and tell me that you're going to take my blood pressure, I instantly get high blood pressure. Even though if I take it at home, which, you know, as as a practicing dentist, I have all that equipment at my house. I take my blood pressure at my house, perfectly normal. You take it in the doctor's office, sky high. It's I think it's just, there's so many people that have had poor experiences. Yeah. And aesthetic services, I feel like should feel like self-care and feel good. Yeah. That's been our whole motto throughout all of this is that wellness and self-care are important mm-hmm. and delivering them in a way that makes people want to come back for more of them. It doesn't feel like a chore. It feels like true self-care has really, really been successful. Yeah, I love that. It's so great. So what I want to know from you is I know you talked a little bit about meeting your business partner and these needs, but what really made you take the leap into entrepreneurial life? Because you're you have a whole other thing going on. And so what, yeah. what made you be like, okay, I'm going to take this on and Let's I'm do this. ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, so Leah and I, when we first started talking about it, we did kind of say like, oh, do we want to do this? Do we not want to do this? And the more we thought about it, there was no way to fit our growing big new ideas into any of the workplaces that she and I had been before. So Leah is a trained ICU nurse, trauma, cardiac ICU, and you know me as a dentist. And so what we were dreaming didn't fit within any practice mold. And so it was either abandon this cool new dream of an idea that we had or just jump. Mm-hmm. And so we did. That's awesome. That's so fun. And you have a team now, right? So did it just start we out with you and Leah? Yep. It was okay. Leah and I at first for about a year. And then we quickly realized that there were more patients than we could handle, just the two of us. And so we started hiring, ironic timing, but right about the beginning of the pandemic. I think we brought on our first person in January 2020 and kind of sidetracking a little bit, but with the pandemic, mm-hmm. it more fully solidified what we've been thinking about people wanting to be in their own home. You know, now mm-hmm. you have people that are out in public, they're nervous, they don't want to go into the doctor's office, they haven't, you know, they don't want to interact with any more people than they have to. And so doing this in the comfort of their own home was something that everyone now wanted. They weren't just open to, they actually really wanted it. And so we were growing rapidly. That's amazing. So when the pandemic really ramped up, 
did you have any hesitation? Like, oh my God, why did we start this? Like, <laughs> what perfect timing? Did you know what it would have, what it would do for your business? Did you have any idea? No, we didn't. I mean, I think as a small business owner and an entrepreneur, you have entrepreneur, you have that thoughts all the time of like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. the more and more times you hear you, you, you say that to yourself, you realize like, okay, remember the last 62 times that you said this to yourself? You got this. Yeah. So we definitely were like, oh goodness, what is this going to look like? And then it was funny because we really quickly noticed people saying things like, oh, well, I can't go on vacation. So I've always wanted to get lip filler. I might as well do it now. I have all this tr- this money in my bank because I haven't been spending out to dinner or doing all these things that I previously was doing. And so they were doing... And then it didn't really occur to me living under a mask in the hospital all the time. Mm-hmm. But people said, oh, well, I'm going to wear a mask. So it totally doesn't matter if I have bruising. And so it just really, really grew from there. Yeah. I was surprised personally of how many people I knew that once they were maskless, I was like, oh, oh, you have a new thing. I loved it. I had some stuff done over that time and I was like so grateful. Yeah. Like I was able to like do make, like not see any bruising or anything like that. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, I think it also, you know, every year we get a little bit closer to things not being quite as taboo. And the masking was really helpful for people to do all these procedures that they'd always thought about doing, that they didn't want people to see them bruised, but they're perfectly willing to talk about now. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be an even bigger step in the future for having people not worry about who knows what they did. They did it for them. They feel better. And here they are. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So you've been a part of organizations that have told you what you're supposed to be paid what your deadlines were, when you would see patients, like being booked a certain way, and everything was outlined, right? So when you step yep. into this role, you had to do all of that for yourself. And so I'm always interested to hear, like, what was it like to determine your own pricing and your own structure and how much access people were going to have to you? It was a very steep learning curve. I can definitely say that. We joke. So if you know anything about the Enneagram, Oh yeah. Leah and I, Leah and I are both eights, which can oh. be terrible or wonderful. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and so it's been really good for us in the sense that I quickly realized that in all my scientific training, I don't know anything about business. That's like a huge part of medical medical training that they just leave out. And a lot of us end up business owners. Yeah. A lot of us end up practice owners and business owners and it just doesn't exist. And so there was definitely a learning curve. I can wholeheartedly now say that I didn't even know what I didn't know. Yeah, But as soon as I started down, down the path of figuring it out and kind of taking a deep dive into what all the things cost the business, what they cost us, how much do you spend on a marketing budget? How much do you spend on this? It has really been a fun and exciting challenge. Just me as an eight, a challenger. I love yeah. pushing the boundaries. I love getting outside of my comfort zone. And I was getting outside of my comfort zone about something that I was really passionate about and really loved. And so it has been great. But it definitely... I've felt the weight of responsibility for sure. Yeah. Not, maybe not quite as much when Leah and I first started out because it was just the two of us. Mm-hmm. But now we have a team of five. And with that, we have a team of five growing soon to be six and then seven. That, that's a lot of responsibility. And the people always working in a big system, the protocols were in place and you just followed them. Or mm-hmm. from the business side, it really wasn't my problem. It was somebody else's problem. And so now all of those do fall to me. and 
it's been really liberating, but also eye-opening to see like how much there is and how much there is to do, but I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes I have a business partner in my business as well. And one of the things that I found most challenging is replicating the standards that I expect everyone to hold, especially for you. I feel like when you're entering into someone's space, there's probably a represent like you want to represent reset wellness always with each person. And so how was Mm -hmm. that like bringing on team members and have you had to create some systems and train for the way things go? And what has there been challenges around that? There are always challenges, I think, bringing on new people because we're all different. And that's the beauty of it. Leah and I have similar personality types, but also different, different ways that we tackle things and, and different, different personalities that click better with different patient types. And so it's definitely a thing because we don't want to like snipe out the personality of the injector who's excellent and has that, that particular personality works great for a specific patient base. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have really worked hard on putting in place protocols for all of our procedures, for all of our post-op follow-ups, for all of our, you know, any type of interaction that is patient-facing. There is a protocol in place and we have a huge training, I don't want to say protocol for that, but a huge training system that we have put in place as well, where there's a certain number of patients that they have to train on this, that, and the other. And all of our injectors pretty much have been injecting before. It's not necessarily that they're brand new to injecting, but we want to make sure that if Leah and I would do it a certain way, that they're also replicating that because in the end, we are a brand and this brand is important to us and we want to standardize that brand so that if I'm too busy to go see that patient because of you know who knows what, or if I have an emergency and I can't get off of work quite as early as I thought I was going to, then... I trust every other one of the injectors to inject the same way that I would or Leah would. Yeah, that's so important because one of the things I've really liked about looking through all of your stuff is that everyone looks like themselves, like a really Mm -hmm. great version of themselves. And I mean, it's all over the country, all over the internet, but you can see just it really matters who you go to and what they think is beautiful. And so even on a team, like that consistency of care is so important. So yeah, I I think a lot of that has to do with where we live as well. You know, aesthetics is making a slow entrance into this market. We're not Miami. We're not LA. We're not the places where people brag about all of their procedures. We're in in an area that's a little bit more conservative and a little bit slower to normalize some of these kind of progressive topics. And so that's, I think, one of the main things that our patients love when they come to us is that, you know, you can look at me. I have I have filler in my face. I have Botox. I get microneedling. I have chemical peels. I have all the procedures that we offer, but I, I think that I still look like me, but a younger, more refreshed, not quite as tired version of me. Mm-hmm. And so we can then market that to our patients as well, that we want you to look whatever your version of beautiful is for yourself. And, and we can give that to you, but we don't want, I don't want my name walking around the community with something that looks really dramatic or overdone or, you know, just poorly, poorly placed filler or anything like that, because that's my, that's my name and that's our brand. And so mm-hmm. we've made a huge effort in learning to say no to patients that have unrealistic expectations and setting, setting appropriate expectations of the people of the patients and, just delivering a naturally, a natural looking aesthetic. Yeah. So in your training and onboarding process, I love that you said like, in the backup. So saying no, 
to patients and really getting them to hear you and know why. Is that yes. something that you've been able to train people into? Like, did the people coming to work for you, were they used to saying no? Or is that something you've had to be like, our brand is actually to say no sometimes? To say no. Yes and no. Everyone's personality is a little bit different. And so some of them are much easier at saying no. Others of them are, it, it's taken some coaching and it's taken some practice, but we run through that. We have, I don't want to say like fake patience, but we do in the sense of I'll sit down in the chair, I'll make a, you know, a squish face and I raise my eyebrows and say, I want to be completely frozen, but I only have a hundred dollars, but do whatever you want to do. And so we run through those scenarios of what would yeah. you do if the patient is insisting that they want a hundred dollars worth of Botox? How do you, how do you explain to them that it would be better for them to save their money? How do you explain to them that it would, you know, that this is the scientific reason why that's not a good idea. So we, we've walked through all of those different scenarios with everyone so that they feel confident. Yeah, that's awesome. And they can also always put it back on the brand or refer to Leah and Margaret. Yeah, that is, that's one thing where you can kind of send them out, but also be this be the bad guy and be like, this is, yeah, our, totally. These are the restrictions I'm under, you know, like this is what <laughs> I have to do. I tell my staff that all the time. This um, is what my boss says I have to say. So if you want to talk to them, you can talk to them. And then I'm, you know, it's my policy. So I'm always happy to defend it. Yeah. And as an eight, you're probably yeah. like, good that's not it. scary to me. Yeah. No, you're like, come out. Let me tell you why. I love it's like just office. another day at the office. <laughs> I want to take a second and tell you a little bit about what the Ownership Mindset has to offer. First, we offer a one-on-one -on -one coaching and consulting hybrid. Can you remember why you started your business in the first place? Are you feeling not profitable enough, passionate enough, resentful towards your clients or your team? This hybrid was built for you. I'm a firm believer that you can't separate personal and professional life. What you believe follows you everywhere. This system ties together transforming the way you see and feel about your business and using your own numbers to create real attainable goals and systems. It will take you from overworked and overwhelmed to reconnecting with what you love in your business, peace, and higher profits. The second thing we offer is a money mindset intensive. Are you happy with how you work, your brand, your clients, but you break out in a sweat when it comes to pricing? This was made for you. You can't just raise your prices if you feel undeserving. This is where discounting deals and not raising prices enough happens. You end up sometimes even worse than before. An intensive is a one-on-one -on -one session experience with a month of support afterwards. You'll leave with the tools to change your belief system, to sustain your pricing for the life of your career, a new pricing structure, and a comprehensive plan to carry out your goal. To find out more and book a discovery call for us to talk about it, head over to theownershipmindset.com. Now back to the podcast. So tell me in this process, becoming an entrepreneur and especially hiring a team and growing the way that you are, what has been the most enjoyable that surprised you? I think one of the things that I've really enjoyed most about all of this is how different it is from my hospital-based practice. Mm -hmm. It's very refreshing. It's a completely different patient population. And it's, it's a di different than the medically complex patients that I have at the hospital. This is your patient who's maybe not feeling as confident and wants something to boost their confidence. And at the end, 
they're happy. Or sometimes they're really nervous going into it and then they feel like they've conquered the world afterwards. And so I've really enjoyed the positivity that there is in this practice. Some of the things you're working on are hard and sad, right? Oh yeah, totally. Situation is hard and sad. And so I can imagine like, if that's all you're seeing most of the time, like to just have this be like more simple of a it is solution and like that has to feel so satisfying and good. It is. So I it's it's funny we talk about the difference in like the rewardingness because mm-hmm. at at my other practice, my job is hard. My yeah. job is sad. My job is needed. I feel very like fulfilled, but I feel exhausted at the end of the day. And sometimes I can't leave the emotions of that behind. Yeah. And it, they're not usually like that day was great. And that day was easy. And this is equally rewarding. But again, the opposite of the spectrum, it's usually much more positive. It's people that are feeling confident in themselves. Again, it's people, you know, finally doing the thing that they've been saying they're going to do for themselves for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's just rewarding in a whole different way. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Because I I mean, I can't imagine like the emotional strain of the other part. And this, I I think that you would need something to counterbalance that. So, and then just the repeat relationship in a positive Mm -hmm. way versus like, you know, sometimes medical stuff can get really heavy and hard, especially the last few years. So, yes. Knowing that you were one of the first in the area, what was it like to get the word out and pioneer this in the city? Like, were people like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it outside of an office or <laughs> like, how, like, how did you get your marketing or messaging across? That is an interesting question. I think that, so when you're doing something new or you're doing the same thing in a new way, you're always met with resistance. And we, we definitely were. I don't want to say that it was terrible. Um, but we definitely had to kind of reset people's, aha, play on words there, (laughs) reset people's mindset as to what aesthetic services look like or what wellness means, um, and how we can deliver that in a non-standard way. So mostly I would say we marketed from the very beginning with pop-ups around town. Mm -hmm. A lot of our pop-ups weren't necessarily what we would consider successful by today's standards because they weren't really any patients. We didn't have a patient base at that time, Mm -hmm. Um, but we were getting materials out there. We were putting our face on things. We were doing anything and everything we could to get our face and our name out in the community because there are some huge aesthetic groups that are excellent in this town. And so we knew from the very beginning that we, we had our work cut out for us. These other groups are great. We've both been patients at all of the other groups, but Malia and I have both been patients at the other you know, competitors in this town before we started this. And so we know how great they are. So we did lots of word of mouth, lots of social media, Mm -hmm. lots of walking into businesses, introducing ourselves, handing out business cards, particularly ones that were things like co-working spaces, apartment buildings, anything that did kind of group activities in in the pre-pandemic world. Yeah, for sure. So in doing that, how did you find your niche? Like when you were like, oh, this is what really works for us. Did you start noticing a pattern? We did. So we found that actually house parties were much more successful. And so those sort of spiraled, we would end up with, you know, maybe somebody took our card at these other networking events, but they weren't quite ready to pull the trigger in a public setting. But again, you know, going back to the comfort of their own home, along with some of their friends, they were much Mm -hmm. more open to the idea. Not to mention when we do parties, we give the person who hosts the party a bigger discount. So our our pricing is a tiered pricing. We have our 
kind of your standard concierge pricing, which is your one-on-one appointments with the provider. Uh And so that's the highest level. And then the next level is our party pricing or our pop-up pricing. And then the cheapest pricing is the person who hosts those parties gets a a bigger discount than the people attending the party. And so as soon as word about that got out, people were very, very excited to host parties. Oh yeah, for sure. And I love, I had a mentor of mine that would call that the female nudge. And I love it because you're going to go to someone your friends trust. And I love like, I mean, building on referral, especially. Oh, definitely. Like, amazing. As soon as we really started, a lot of our growth has been word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the best. And it's cheaper marketing for sure. It's (laughs) definitely cheaper marketing. Yeah. We don't mind. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to know in this, so you're practicing with patients and then you're managing all of this, the team that keeps growing. So what does work-life balance look like for you? Oh, I wouldn't say there's much of a balance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there is. Work, I'm very busy kind of all the time, but I enjoy that. I'm not somebody that needs a lot of downtime or Mm -hmm. enjoys a lot of downtime. So there's a lot of work, but I can decompress and unplug off topic from all of the medicine and wellness stuff that we do. I am a huge gardener. Uh I have a giant garden in my backyard. There's no grass in my backyard at all. We got rid of all the grass and we planted all vegetables and fruit trees. And we have chickens that we raise. Oh, that's awesome. I'm a vegetarian, so we don't eat the chickens, but we do eat their eggs. Yeah. Um, So work-life balance is, I would say, more shifted towards work. But when you love both of the things that you do, it's really easy to get caught up in that. I don't ever feel like, oh gosh, I have to go to work today. It's like, oh, these are all the patients that I'm going to see today. And there's all these fun new experiences and fun new interactions and new connections and new networking. And so, yeah. I think that I've had people ask me too, like work is super energizing for me. And so while there's practices Mm -hmm. that I like, I like to have, like, I'm like, I really like to hike and walk, but other than like, I love, a, I love a spreadsheet, you know, I love talking to someone about the operations. I don't know. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I really do think it can be grounding for people to actually just have interaction with people and get work done. Yeah. It just is. It just is a thing. Definitely. So what I want to know is obviously this is called the ownership mindset. And so everyone has a different way that their mindset plays into building their business. And so transitioning into being an entrepreneur, were there any mindset challenges that you really had to overcome or things that came up you weren't expecting? I think, I mean, your whole mindset has to change and that's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. When you've worked within a system that is already established when you come in, whether or not you're appreciated or replaceable, you're still another part in an already existing system. Mm-hmm. And so when you become the owner or the founder or the manager or all of these things, in my case, in this yeah. setting, it completely changes because you are no longer a nine to five employee who works really hard and then leaves. You're somebody who is always thinking about the next thing, next procedure that you can add, the you know, a creative way to rearrange the office so that it's more effective and it's more aesthetically pleasing for the patient when they come in. You know, you're always thinking about the next thing and it's harder to to turn off, but in a great way. It's like exciting and challenging. And I think a lot more responsibility comes with it as well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I used to, my first practice that I worked in out of residency, I didn't even have access to the chart, the medical record when I left the office. And it meant that some of the stuff didn't get done because I had to leave. But it also meant that when I went home, I turned it off. Like I checked out. And that is not something I have been able to do since 2019 with this mm-hmm. because I know that everyone else says this, but it's my baby. Like yeah. this practice matters to me. Whether or not it succeeds or fails matters to me. Yeah. And every little detail between starting it and wherever we go in the future is just one more part of this big thing that's important. And yeah. so I think the mindset is totally different. I think the major like challenges or things that I didn't expect mm-hmm. is sort of, you know, it happened easily for Leah, but we, with Leah and I, but we still have ways that we have to kind of navigate things of being a 50, 50 partnership. Like we are, mm-hmm. we have had to divide our roles so that oh, yeah. we weren't both having to agree on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, that didn't work well for us in the beginning mm-hmm. when we each, when it had to be, you know, unanimous before we decided we just didn't get quite as much done. So we, what works for us is that we've divided up our roles. I am the medical director and she's the business director. And are there crossover in both of those? Absolutely. But when it comes down to a financial decision that has to be made, if I'm unavailable to talk to her about it, or, you know, she really just doesn't agree with me, then she has the trump card on that. And for me, when it comes to the medical protocols, when it comes to what products that we're going to use, when it comes to you know, how we're going to do this, that, or the other, when it comes to the actual injecting and treating of patients, I have final say in that. And we definitely both take each other into consideration on all things, but that has been one of the things I didn't expect to have to divvy up. I thought it was going to be easy. Like, oh yeah, we're, we're, you know, really close. We always agree on everything. Let's just do this. And that's not reality. No, I'm (laughs) not at all. No, I'm, I'm in a partnership with my business partner and it's like a marriage, you know, like yeah. we, we, I'm like, we're work wives and it's, we are. sometimes we need couples counseling. Like <laughs> there's stuff where I think one of the things that we first thought in our partnership, which you can probably relate to is like, we have to do everything together and we have to agree on everything for this to be successful. Yes. And not true. You just don't have to. I think that you it's, just don't have to do that. I mean, and realizing that the more you acknowledge each other's like failures and strengths, the better mm-hmm. and stronger your partnership is. For oh, sure. definitely. I think Leah and I have really done a good job or developed over time a really kind of deep trust in the other person. Mm-hmm. And so there's no, neither one of us, and, and again, we're similar in personality type and so it works well this way, but neither one of us micromanage the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, we sort of have our different things and when she is doing her thing. I'm not looking over her shoulder saying, Oh yeah, I agree. Let's do it that way. And she's not doing that for me. And so it, it allows you to kind of blossom in your role as me in my role and her in her role as well, because there's kind of a mutual trust from the partner that, yeah, Hey, I believe in you. You're going to do a great job at this. I'd love to talk to you through it if you want my advice, but you know, overall we believe the best in each other. And our goal is the same at the end of the day. Our goal is success of this business. And we genuinely believe that the other person is doing the best they can to meet that goal as well. For sure. Yeah. I think I'm just, I think it's great when people can do that because the better you are at being like, I'm totally shit at this, but you're really great. (laughs) Yeah. Or I'm like maxed out today. I've seen way too many patients. I don't have any brain power. I trust your decision. Go. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a really great, great thing. 
Yeah. And I love, I think it's awesome when a team can see that. Yes. And, and our team, I think really sees kind of the different dynamic or the different roles that we each play. Um, and they kind of appropriately lean towards her or if it's kind of the day-to-day management of stuff and they lean towards me if they have questions about, hey, you know, I've been watching videos on how other people do this procedure and what do you think about this? And not that Leah doesn't know about those things because she is a fabulous injector, but it's great to see how we each have, I guess, grown in our role and therefore the trust of our team is there as well. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. So tell me about in learning about all this and seeing your practice just naturally expand. Do you have plans for the future? Do you want to keep it limited? Do you want to continue growing? What does that look like for Reset? Well, if I've learned anything through all of this, it's that we have changed kind of where our goals were mm-hmm. as, as this has morphed. I think originally when we first started, we thought, yeah, definitely. We're going to be always offer concierge services, but our goal would be to have a brick and mortar just like everyone else. And then the pandemic happened and, you know, you either pivot or you fail a lot of the time when, when life happens. And so we pivoted and we decided, okay, Hey, maybe we'll have a storefront one day or a brick and mortar one day. But right now this is the model that's working for our patient base. And so, you know, I I think we've learned that we have goals and we have things that we want to do and we have new things that we want to bring on, but we also have to kind of take in the challenges that are happening in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so do we plan to grow? Yeah, of course. There is a, a growth model that we have as far as expanding from just out of the natural area to more into all of Tennessee and then hopefully one day outside of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to tell you all my secrets now. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, it's interesting to see like what you think your business is going to be when you start. Mm-hmm. And you're it's like, way different. You're like, here's our goals and here's our five year plan. And then, I mean, you threw the pandemic in there too, but it's just when you learn what it actually feels like day to day. Yeah. We, I mean, we started the business with a model or an idea or a plan of having a few specific services that we offered. And immediately we realized, wait, we can't actually take care of our patients sort of comprehensively if we don't offer all these other services. So like Mm -hmm. we need to start offering these services as well. And so even from the very beginning, we realized we got to grow. Yeah. That's awesome. So I've loved talking to you and I'm excited to see how it goes and where you grow. And so what I'd love for you to do is, would you give a bullet point version of, what you offer and anything else that you'd like um, our listeners to know about Reset Wellness? Sure. We offer, so again, we're fully concierge. We offer botulinum toxins. So that's your kind of name brand Botox, but we also offer the other kinds. We do fillers. We do microneedling with PRP. We also do it with regular hyaluronic acid. We do IV hydration, chemical peels. We do PRP for hair loss. Awesome. PDO threads. We do both the lifting and the smooth threads. Let's see. Did I forget anything? I was trying to kind of make a list earlier. We've grown so much. Oh, we have dermaplaning Mm -hmm. and we sell medical grade skincare. Awesome. So with being more concierge, do you have an online store? Like how do people get the skincare from you? We... Don't have an online storefront. Basically, if you want to buy skincare and you're not somewhere that we can easily drop it off to you, mm-hmm. then we can ship it to you 
either from our stores that we keep here or we can ship it to you direct from the manufacturer. Oh, that's awesome. So I love that too, because then people aren't having to yeah. run around to get everything. Yeah, definitely. That they need. We we really tried to make it convenient for the patient. Like we don't say, Oh, you want skincare? Come pick it up. Usually, you know, one of us is out and about in the next couple of days and somebody can drop it by their house or if they're out of town. I have nine one one mailed things to people when they are on vacation and they forgot their skincare. You know, that's that's all about concierge and wellness is that we're trying to take that extra step so that their life is a little bit easier and a little bit more convenient. Mm-hmm. I love that high touch service and that it's just, yeah, high touch service is changing and it's awesome. I love it. it is. So can you tell everyone um, where they can find you, how to book with you, where to follow? Of course. So we are on Instagram. We are resetwellness.co mm-hmm. and that is also our website. So resetwellness.co. You can find us there. And if you want to book with us, all the information is on the website. You can book directly online through the website. Um, we use the Vigaro booking platform mm-hmm. or the office number is on there and you can text or call that and we will get you plugged in with a injector that is near you and available when you are looking to have your services done. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Margaret, for being on and... I'm excited for our people to get plugged in with what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Yeah. Good. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that listens. If you are struggling with being overworked, overwhelmed, and seeing it affect your team, your stress level, and your bottom line, head over to theownershipmindset.com. I offer a free training and a link for us to connect and talk about your business. My favorite thing to do is help women transform their businesses by getting themselves unstuck, profitable, and reconnected with their passion of why they even started this in the first place. Subscribe to get the next episode when it drops, and I'll see you next time here on The Ownership Mindset.